All right. Welcome back to the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I am Caleb, and with me, as always, is Brandon. And we have a lot going on today. Uh, we are going to be doing almost what is a full uh, episode of our sports content. Uh, so since we've got a lot going on, we will go ahead and just jump right into things. And uh, with the new format and everything going on, the first thing that we kick off with is... I want to rock! The rock moments of the week. And I am so happy. This is not the rock moment, but I'm so happy that college football is back because I feel like this is segment is going to be a lot easier to do now. So I can like pull favorite play, something like that. So yeah, uh, I'm ready for it. Uh, I have a feeling, uh, Brandon, you did not stay up for the Purdue Nevada game Friday night. Uh, no, I did not. Because I think it ended at like after 1 a.m. I can't remember. It was ridiculously late. Yeah, I think I just checked the score in the morning or somebody told me about it. Yeah, well, it was definitely uh, all over Twitter. So uh, rock moment of the week, if you guys did not see this, uh, Nevada started the game as an 11-point underdog, and they wound up scoring 20 unanswered points against Purdue to win the game Friday night. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't just stop there. Uh, they didn't uh, just have a underdog win and a come, come from behind win. How it happened is that uh, it was a tie game, so it was kind of like, okay, it goes in overtime, no big deal. But they had a freshman kicker, Brandon Talton, I think is how you say his last name. But he had just been informed hours before the game that he was going to be the starting kicker. He winds up kicking a 56-yard field goal as time expired for Nevada to beat Purdue. Wow. It doesn't end there. But wait, there's more. <laughs> I just learned this because I didn't, I, didn't, uh, I didn't realize this. But there's more to this. It doesn't end there. So they go in, they go, they celebrate in the locker room. And in the locker room after the game, he was informed that he was getting a full ride scholarship. That's awesome. So that, I mean, that is like rock upon rock upon rock. So, yeah. How I, does your night get better than that? I know, right? It's just kind of like, <laughs> oh, th- they've had a come from behind victory. Oh, you're the one who kicked the winning field goal. Oh, you get a full ride scholarship. It's just like, dude, go buy a lottery ticket. Yeah, before that, it's just like they tell him, oh, you're the starting kicker. <laughs> yeah, and he crushed it, man. Mm-hmm. So that uh, I, I, I really do hope that the kid has a good career. Um because if he doesn't have to be kicking 56-yard field goals uh, week in and week out, but if he keeps going well, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be in the NFL if he keeps uh, on track, you know. Mm-hmm. So that'll be pretty cool. But all right, okay. So um, short little intro there and everything because we want to leave the most time for all of our sports content this week. So we'll go ahead and move forward. Well, it's a happy time of the year, but also here after Labor Day weekend, it's a little bit sad, not going to lie, for a couple reasons. One, the holiday weekend's over, so that's disappointing. But then also, the one of the best weekends of college football is done because there was like college football for five days straight. So that's okay. That's all right. We, we got our Michigan football in. So we're going to talk about that here where uh, Michigan hosted middle Tennessee Saturday night. Uh, and they had the final score of 40 to 21 to go through our predictions here really quickly before we uh, discuss the results of the game. Um, together uh my prediction was 41 to 10 brandon you had 35 to 10 so we both weren't too crazy off we were correct on the michigan not covering the spread but we were incorrect about uh going under the uh over under there 
Um, and the question that we had for the game was, how will Michigan score their first touchdown of 2019? And both of us were correct with the passing touchdown that wound up going to uh, Black in the first half of the game. So do you want me to uh, just kind of share some of the stats uh, before we kind of just open and have a general conversation about the game? or? Yeah, that sounds good. Um, yeah, because I know you got quite a few stats to share. Yeah, pretty straightforward. I mean, uh, Shea Patterson went 17 for 29. Uh, he cracked 200 yards with a total of 203, uh, averaging uh, even seven yards. And he had three touchdowns, uh, three touchdown passes, no interception. So pretty clean game. Uh, he did have uh, the fumble to start the game, though. Um, and then... Uh, the running game for Michigan, Zach Charbonnet, uh, wound up being the number one uh, running back for Michigan as he went eight carries for 90 yards. So he wasn't too far from uh, having 100 yards in his first uh, career or first game as a Wolverine. Uh, averaged over 11 yards, and his longest run was 41 so Christian Turner, who did pretty well, he wound up putting uh, up 49 yards. And uh, the three touchdown passes were between Tariq Black, Nico Collins, and Sean McCune. Uh, so those were some of the initial stats there. And as far as team stats go... Uh, Michigan wound up going five for 13 on third downs while holding Middle Tennessee to four for 15. Uh, total yards for Michigan was 453. Uh, Middle Tennessee just squeaked out over 300. They got 301 total yards. Um, Michigan was pretty uh, even because they had um, 33 pass attempts and 45 rushing attempts. And the yards were 220 passing, 233 rushing. So relatively even there. Um, but they did have the two turnovers, like we said, the Shea Patterson fumble. And then there was the uh, punt um, fumble as well. And so for those of you, if you need a reminder, which was not a very fun reminder, but uh, the two early touchdowns by Middle Tennessee came on short fields because of the two turnovers uh, of the two fumbles. So, um, do you want me to, uh, get the conversation going or did you, did you have some initial thoughts that you wanted to share, Brandon? Uh, I just had some things that I noticed, things that I liked. Um, like you mentioned how we kind of had a balance between run and pass. That was really nice to see. Uh, it was nice to see some, you know, some pat few passes downfield. Uh, it was really nice to see Tariq Black out there, uh, healthy, and you know, he. I believe he led the team in receiving, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah, that was that was just great to see. Um, it was nice to see McCune back doing something because he had a really down year last year. Yeah, Gentry kind of took the lead with uh, tight ends last year, so. Yeah. And even Eubanks probably outshined McCune last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, McCune, he just kind of, he was kind of the invisible man last year. And it was nice to see him getting involved and getting involved early. Uh, yeah, and Charbonnet, I mean, it was, it was great seeing him run. Um, I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, obviously, probably a lot of people didn't just because, you know, as freshman, it's his first game, but. Man, he looks good. He looks good in all aspects of the game as well. Yeah, and it's not um, it's not too surprising that he got because a lot of people are the. I think the main thing that was questionable to people about who was going to be the starting running back wasn't so much the running ability, but more so the um being able to pass protect as well. And mm. since True Wilson had already proved himself last year, that's why some people were thinking that True Wilson might be in there just because they knew he had the ability. But Charbonnet definitely proved that he was able to do that job. Yeah, I actually saw that um, a stat that he 
was a perfect nine for nine for blitz pickups. Yeah. So he's he's a good size running back, and he's got uh, his running ability looks great, and his pass block ability uh, was strong for that first game. So, yeah. And um, to give you the number real quick, Tariq Black, yeah, he had four receptions for 80 yards. So uh, that was the one that led the team. But, yeah, and um, I can't remember – if it was just um, Runyon um, with the offensive line, but the offensive line was was a little tweaked. Um, it was good to see. Um, it, there was high praise for Ryan Hayes who stepped in, and he actually on the offensive line was uh, labeled the offensive player of the game, which is really great. So that just shows you kind of the depth that we were talking there on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did really good with the pass protection. Running... Uh, Blocking is still kind of something to be left wanting, um, could be improved. But like we said, uh, Runyon's not in there. So if he's able to come in and they get where they need to, and then you get a little bit more experience for the uh, game time experience for these guys, and it opens up even just a little bit, I think, with a uh, running back like Charbonnet, and then even, like I said, Turner did well, I think the mm-hmm. running uh core will do fine for like gosh 90 95 percent of their games so but um yeah it was it was kind of rough i mean obviously the beginning was nothing enjoyable uh or too enjoyable since middle tennessee got on the board first off of the shea fumble but it was kind of nice because you know it put the team against the wall with their back against the wall. And it's just like, Hey, you know, I mean, it's, it's the first quarter. It's not like the fourth quarter end of the game or something, but it's just like, you guys got yourself in this mess. Now you guys need a, you know, kind of play a cleaner game, make sure you fix this. And they were definitely rusty all across the board. But honestly, I don't think it's too surprising. I I wasn't going to come out and say, Michigan did not look like a top 10 team, which honestly, I mean, they really kind of didn't. But then with all the other games I watched, there were Mm -hmm. a lot of top 10 teams that didn't look like top 10 teams. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Um, Even just top 25 teams like, yeah, I don't know if you had a chance to watch that Nebraska game. Yeah, I watched some of that. I mean, they came out really sluggish, too, and. You know, all we've heard is praise this offseason about Nebraska. So I expected a lot more. Um, I mean, even just outside of the Big Ten, there was just a lot of teams that were, you know, struggling a little bit. Yeah. And and not to get too sidetracked uh, from the Michigan game, but yeah, just like and no, there there were few few teams that looked like they were all put together which actually is kind of a thing that's come up in conversation, which might be worth addressing at some point. Um, is it worth having a big key game in week one? You know, should you have those non-conference games like the middle Tennessee to kick off the season? Um, Cause then there was that Florida Miami game that was such a huge mess. You can't tell really which team was better than the other, but yeah. anyways, uh, that's kind of a separate conversation, but yeah, I mean, all in all, I was, um, it, when I was watching it, I was not feeling good. Like mm-hmm. I was like, man, this sucks. This looks like the, uh, it, the offense didn't look the same, but just like the same, the same kind of struggles, things aren't going well. Um, yada, yada, yada. Um, but then when I got got to the end of the game, I saw highlights. I was reviewing some things. I was just like, okay. And I also saw more other teams play. I was like, okay. It's not too surprising. It's a new offense. Um, some key players were missing both on offense and defense. Um, there were some big, dumb, boneheaded mistakes. Like, if, there's, uh, if those two fumbles happen in a key game Michigan might not be able to recover from that but because right. it was middle Tennessee State 
they were able to do okay. I mean, honestly, this game easily could have been like 49 to 7, if not more, if it was more, if Michigan was a little bit cleaner on the edges. Mm-hmm. So, um, but uh, what was uh, what was your kind of initial reaction? Like after the game was done, after you changed the channel or the next day or something like when you when it wasn't the emotion of the game, what was your actual initial thought? Like positive reaction, negative? What was it? Uh, I th- God, the first thing I noticed is just it was really it were really sloppy, really mm-hmm. sloppy. Like it's a really rusty. Um, and obviously that you know the first drive it was a first play, wasn't it? That Shea had the fumble. Yep. Very Man, that play. was just like letting the air out of the balloon there. Um, but then I thought about it, and he's like, you know, a couple of years ago, remember when um, Wilton Spate threw the interception on like the first drive? Yeah. Yep. And then we, you know things just kind of took off from there. So you know that kind of helped me, you know stifle my reaction there a little bit um i mean and then after the game i felt a little bit better about it you know i was kind of looking at some of the stats and uh you know thinking about some of the plays and everything and yeah just like you said you know seeing how some of the other teams performed you know it wasn't a wasn't a pretty game but you know we still got the win so you can't really complain about that and you know all in all like there's a few guys that stuck out to me. Um, like I mentioned earlier, Charbonnet impressed me a lot. Uh, Vincent Gray on defense. Like, where did that guy come from? <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember him making a big tackle, and I'm like, who is this guy? Like, it's a corner, but he's like six two, six three. It was like Gray. I never heard of this guy, and then I, you know, then the commentators started talking about him. But yeah, he had quite a quite a few good plays in that game. Who is this um, so man I'm interested child? to see. <laughs> right? You know who he kind of reminded me of was Stribling. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of similar body type, uh, similar play style, you know, likes to be physical. Um, maybe not the fastest guy out there, but you know, what he lacks in speed, he makes up in physicality. Uh, yeah. And I mean, the other thing I noticed is there was a lot of guys getting banged up too. Uh, we didn't mention it earlier, but Collins and Tariq Black both got both got banged up, and we weren't sure if they're going to come back in, but they came back after halftime. Um, and like you said earlier, running and Donovan Peoples Jones didn't play. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, next week when we get some of those guys back. I'm not sure if Peoples Jones Peoples Jones is going to be back yet, but I, you know, I hope he is. We'll have to see. Yeah, and I saw that Black. Uh, went out of the game because of cramps. So that's not anything too um, serious, if that is really the case. But yeah, that's definitely one thing too. It's just like you don't really want to risk anything uh, too much there. And and that's the thing too, is just, I don't, uh, from the sounds of it, the things with the players who sat out, nothing was too overly serious. I mean, it was super impressive. Um, the performance that Ambry Thomas had considering that he was out um, and I can't remember specifically what, what it was, but he was sick for a duration of time, just like a week or two ago, something not that long ago, but he came on. Yeah. He had that performance that he did. So yeah, he um, played pretty well too. Um, another guy I noticed that played really well is Jordan Glasgow. Mm-hmm. Well, he had two sacks in the game. Yeah, no, there were, there were good things. Uh, from the defensive side for sure. Um, we're we're going to be moving into some of the other conversations here and momentarily, but did what was your reaction or who do you feel had the better performance or who do you feel better about after the first game, the offense or the defense? The offense. Okay. Uh, just seeing, you know, a little of the variety and, you know, what Gaddis brought to the table. Um, and just the ability of our receivers. That was really nice mm-hmm. to see, you know, that we're showcasing that more, playing to our strengths, I guess, more now. Yeah. I think um, 
I felt like they found a couple things that worked well, but then they didn't really kind of get hung up on let's keep doing what works and just throw up a lot of points and get a lot of yards. It seemed like they were for better or worse to say experimenting like, okay, mm-hmm. we've got all this new stuff and they tried, tried different stuff and they didn't try to go overboard. And as I've said through the years and not saying that I can prove it and say this was the case, but it's just like, keep it simple. You know, it's a new offense. Uh, you've got new players. There's going to be a lot of, you know, nuances for everybody don't overcomplicate it. And that's essentially what it looked like to me, that they didn't really try to overcomplicate it. They tried some new stuff. Some of it was successful. Some of it took more time. But in the end, I think the offense has a high ceiling and the defense uh, still needs some work. But all in all, I'll be really interested to see what happens with next week. So Yeah, I feel the same way. Any any final thoughts before um, kind of jumping into the uh, preview then for the upcoming game? Uh, the one thing that really stood out to me that we didn't mention, these two kickers. Yes, yeah. That, um, while there was a, uh, not discrepancy, but uh, they were saying there wasn't a clear Leading running back, uh, Harbaugh did say that it did become evident that Charbonnet was the number one running back. However, with the kickers, it is still uncertain. So they are going with the uh, two kickers, which is rather interesting. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, and um, the way they split it up is they had Moody kicking field goals and uh, Nordeen kicking extra points. Yeah. So it'll be kind of interesting. I remember, I feel like there was something a few or before Harbaugh came in that somebody else did that where somebody was like the long kicker the for long field goals. I can't remember. I, I think it was Hoke. I don't think it was Richrod, but I can't remember specifically who the kickers were. But or yeah, wait, maybe it was right. maybe it was Harbaugh's first year. Either way, but it's it's not too crazy. But it will be interesting to see if that's just how the season goes or if that'll get. Uh, figured out within the first couple weeks. So, mm-hmm. all right, uh, we'll go ahead and move into our previews then, where we get to talk about Michigan and the Lions. There's always going to be something to get excited about now because we've got the Lions and Michigan playing. I know usually you don't use a word such as exciting when you're talking about the Lions, but (laughs) who knows? I mean, it could happen, right? Yeah, you never know. Um, I don't know. At the beginning of each season, I'm always just anxious and I don't know. I guess wouldn't say excited, maybe full of anticipation. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you want to you want to see it to believe it. You want to know if there's any hope. You want to know if you're going to be have your heart ripped out again. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, well, first, since we were just talking about Michigan, we'll go ahead and take an opportunity here to preview the Michigan game. Um, So we have. Uh, Michigan versus Army, another home game in Ann Arbor. It's going to be a noon game on Fox. Michigan is favored once again by 23 points. Uh, I currently don't have an over-under for it, so we're not going to mention that. Uh, This will actually be the 10th meeting between the two teams, and the first game was in 1962. Um, A few things to mention here before we kind of uh, converse about it is that Army played Rice over this past weekend. Uh, so the Black Knights are 1-0. and The final score of that game was 14-7. to So, <laughs> you know, huge scoreboard right there. But, oh, um, yeah, for sure. Just a blowout. Yeah. I mean, they are the, uh, the fearsome triple option, though. Uh, keep that in mind. They they are a unique, uh, unique offense. They are not known for passing the ball. So here's here's a crazy kind of stat for you: is that 
Army almost had the number of attempts for Army was almost the number of completions for Rice. So Army <laughs> went three for eight passes. <laughs> I actually had that down that they only attempted eight passes the whole game. Yeah, so that's, I mean, it's it's crazy to me. But but they, they've done so well. Like last year, they only had two losses. So, um, I mean, they, they are effective at the way, what they do, and they like to go for it on fourth down. They, they, I think it was their first possession. They went for it on fourth and short on their 15, I wow. think it was. And they didn't get it, but then I think they stopped Rice, and they Rice missed the field goal, so... And then it kind of worked out, but they, they must probably just won't. realize they're playing rice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, some things uh, with this. Um, so Jeter, Runyon, and Donovan People Jones could all potentially play in this game. Uh, that was brought up after uh, last game. Harbaugh was saying that they might make it to this game. Uh, who knows? I don't know exactly if it's all of it's necessary because if, I mean, players need to rest, it might not be the end of the world. I know a lot of people are worried about this game because of the triple mm-hmm. option and a very interesting uh, opponent to be playing. Um, Don Brown has definitely recognized it as a challenge, and it's been stated, I think Harbaugh said it, but it's been noted that he's been preparing since the spring for this game, which is really great that, one, it's the second game, so that you can spend a little extra time preparing for it. So they've probably been preparing for Army more than they prepared for Middle Tennessee. So um, they I, Now, I was trying to find this, but I could not find it for sure. But Army has a senior running back who did not play against Rice, and I couldn't figure out if he was expected to be in the Michigan game or not. It's not like he's the biggest player he didn't really have a lot of numbers last year he had a decent amount of touchdowns but he didn't run very uh like put up a ton of yards um so that's um connor slomka uh so if he's in the game that's going to be something to realize that he didn't play against rice so that would be a little bit of a factor but again like i said i don't think it's going to be that big too big of a factor Army last year, though, did lead the nation in third-down conversions. Uh, that's part of their triple-option trickery. Mm-hmm. So um, did you have anything that you wanted to um, discuss specifically with Army? I know I kind of stole that whole eight-pass attempts, but... Uh, no, I got a couple things here. Um, their leading rusher last year and last week um, was the quarterback. Uh, Kelvin Hopkins Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, and the leading running back from last year they had was uh, Wolfork. And he, he's gone. So, you know, they're looking for somebody else to stand uh, step up there. Um, you know, a little information here I got. They went 11-2 and two, uh, last year. And the only losses they had uh, were to Duke. And they had a seven-point loss to Oklahoma, which... You know, that surprised me because I didn't really, didn't really hear too much about Army last year. I guess like I knew that they were, you know, I knew that they were decent. I know they run that that triple option. They can always catch teams off guard, uh, but I didn't know that they had that good of a record. Yeah, and the fact that they beat Houston in the Armed Forces Bowl seventy to fourteen, and yeah. Houston had some had some players that. You know, got drafted, so mm-hmm. they, they didn't have they didn't have a terrible team, so that's kind of kind of surprising. Yeah, they're not um, normally known for putting up a lot of points. Yeah, I mean, that seventy well seventy's rare for anybody. Um, but then before uh, before that, the next highest score for them was fifty two. Uh, then 42, but then most of their stuff is in like the 30s or 20s. So, yeah, like once if they identify your weakness and they can use their option strength to it, though, they can just like totally pick you apart. Yeah, they can just pummel you. Yeah. Uh, Something interesting to note 
uh, when they played at Oklahoma, and that was that uh, game of 28 to 21 that they lost, um, that was their biggest venue that they played at, and that was 87,000. So them coming to the big house is going to be a little bit different. I mean, not saying that the big house is the most intimidating place, but I mean, when you're in front of 110,000 people, it's, you know, it is a bit different when you're considering it against not even 90,000. So, yeah, but, yeah, so, totally. yeah. So something to understand about the way that army plays is they've, they've got the triple option. They run a lot. They control their objective is to control the block ball, hold on to the ball and control the time of possession. Mm-hmm. And they want to wear down your defense and they want to, ha- they're not, flashy and they're not concerned about um huge chunk plays some sometimes it might happen but most of the time it's more so going to be like every play goes for like five yards and then you know they add up and they get first downs and they just slowly move down the down the field and everything as have you seen they they don't pass the ball a whole lot so the clock is continually running um they so they don't often jump out to a huge lead. Uh, they tend to kind of seem to be more focused of like keeping up or slowly extending their lead over the um, duration of the entire game. Mm-hmm. And then they, um, you know, that that's how they wear you down finally by the end of, by the end of the game. So my my initial thing that I'll say is that if Michigan can be smart smart with the ball, not turn over a whole lot. And if they can have some short drives as long as they put points on the board, but they do need to be conscious of the time of possession. And if by the third quarter or the end of the third quarter, they can be up by two scores to like two possessions, Mm -hmm. then I think the game would be relatively in hand because army is definitely not a team that is known to come from behind. So, um, that's right. Since they don't pass very often, you know, it's kind of, and their offense is, you know, straight up ground and pound Mm -hmm. that, you know, it doesn't really suit them well to come from behind. Um, cause I've seen games where they're coming from behind before and it's just like, uh, you want them to, but you know, they're probably not going to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it, you never know what's going to happen when it's a close game, but if they're behind by a couple of scores, yeah, it's, it's not in their favor. Um, something that Michigan definitely wants to focus on is keeping them in third and long, because mm-hmm. like I said, they're not known for large chunk plays. Um, so if you can put them in a third and long position, there's a pretty good chance of you being able to, uh, force them to turn over on downs or punt the ball away. Uh, they do go for on fourth down. Like I said, a lot, what's going to be really important. And I, th- there's more emphasis. And I think if you've been listening, you've kind of alluded to it more emphasis on Michigan's defense, this game than their offense. Because the defense needs to be focused and each player needs to do their job. Mm -hmm. Um, Because in a triple option, if you get caught focusing on the ball and not your man, or if you get behind the ball, then the defense can get torched really easily. Um, There were a couple times where you saw Rice defenders get behind the ball um, but Rice did an amazing job of being committed to what their job was because there were a couple key plays where because um, the tricky part with the triple option is the quarterback holding onto the ball or um, throwing the option out. But the the defenders for Rice stayed committed to their player and they contained it so that then help was able to come and they were able to keep Army to minimal gain then. Um, and so that's what Michigan needs to do. The Michigan struggles with running, has struggled with running quarterbacks 
and that's essentially you know what the triple option is. They're, the quarterback's mm-hmm. going to be able to run with it. So if they just feel overzealous and keep charging after the ball, they're going to lose it, and they're going. To, Michigan's going to be working from behind, which is not an easy thing to do against Army. So I'm optimistic that they won't find themselves in that situation. But I mean, it's kind of early to tell. So right. But, um, yeah, so I think, um, I, I, after watching Army play last weekend, because I, I watched most of the game, and after watching Michigan play, um, Army definitely looks more beatable. Uh, they definitely cannot be taken lightly, though. I think that Michigan will do all right. I think the first half will still be a little bit rusty. I don't think it will be as bad as last game. I just hope that uh, especially the turnovers will be a lot better. Um, I think that uh, they'll still have a couple, sometimes be able to put up some chunk plays and things like that. And I I think overall watching it, um, especially from, from an offensive perspective, people will walk away happier or more content with what the offense is able to do. Cause even if it's not a big win, um, for Michigan, like they don't win by a big margin. I think that the offensive offense will look better than they did in week one. So, yeah, I think so too. Did you have any thoughts or kind of, uh, predictions on what you think might kind of go to, not specifically score prediction, but predictions on how things might go or, um, no, I mean, I think, I think we'll probably, you know, things will be tightened up a little bit f- from the middle Tennessee game. I don't think it's going to be as sloppy as the middle Tennessee game was. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to know what to expect with a team that runs a triple option. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, I think we're going to do pretty well. Um, the only thing is, is that time of possession, you know, if, if army can keep hitting these third downs and, you know, they're slowly going to charge down the field, it eats up a lot of clock, mm-hmm. but no, I don't think we should have too much of a problem with army. I, like I said, at the beginning of the season, I don't really know what everybody's fear was with this game. Um, I think the biggest thing was the fact that Michigan does not do well with a mobile quarterback and the fact that's the tricky triple option. Mm-hmm. So uh, we we haven't really seen a whole lot to be able to gauge how well Michigan does with a mobile quarterback now, but um, I, I don't. I, I think from what we've seen from Army, they're not as intimidating as they were. But as you said, like they they've lost their main running back and different things like that, so they're not mm-hmm. an identical team to last year, right? Um, one thing, uh, another thing that I'll add here, uh, and momentarily we will move on to Lions conversation, but um, the two games that the Army lost last year, the their opponents scored 23 or more points in. Um, all the other games, the other teams only put up 21 points, or may, actually I think it was 22 or less. Mm-hmm. So if Michigan can, I'm not saying it's a guaranteed win, but it's like if Michigan can score, you know, more than three touchdowns, they're going to be looking pretty good. Um, yeah. I mean, considering last week they played Rice and Army was only able to put 14 points up. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, and I think that the Michigan offense is more than capable of putting up at least 21 points. So um, I'm going to give, uh, we're gonna do uh, Michigan score prediction, and then uh, I'll share my question for the Michigan game, and then we will jump into the lines talk. So, um, so again, Michigan is favored by twenty three points versus Army. Uh, I'll go ahead and go first with this one. Uh, I think that Michigan will the offense will do well. I think they'll be able to break them down. I think they'll more than easily get the 21 points. I think they're actually going to be able to put up 34 points. 
and I don't think Army is going to be scoring um, as much as they did last week um, with the final score of 34 to 10. That would then be covering the 23 point spread. So, Brandon, what's uh, what's your prediction? Oh, uh, I have the same as you. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Douchebag. Um, in the no. interest of being different here, I'll. Oh, uh, you don't uh, have to. I mean, if if you want, it makes me no difference. Eh, just... I'm gonna go. Th- I'm gonna go 31 to 10. I'll give Michigan one last field goal. Ooh, the controversy. <laughs> All right, where are we at? Uh, okay, so then for um, the Michigan question of the week, then. I have down, will Michigan hold Army below 225 total yards? Rice was able to hold them to 284, and that was on the road. Um, Brandon, what do you predict with that? Will Michigan be able to hold them under 225? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, our defense has to be better than Rice's, right? Yes. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't, I don't think it should be too much of a problem. I'm actually gonna be a little bit different with it because I think that um, they won't be able to. Like that's the thing is that they'll still be able to put up yards, but I just don't think that they're going to be putting up points. Mm-hmm. Um, and there will be certain times where they will go for it on fourth, even if they're close and maybe could kick a field goal because they're they're wanting to get um, touchdowns and things like that. So. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they're going to keep them under 225. Not to say that the Rice Rice's defense is better, but just between, you know, the duration of the game, garbage time kind of towards the end, things like that, I think that yeah. they'll get more than 225. So, but uh but then I'll share this real quick before the Lions talk. We do our locks of the week. Uh I do a Big 10 game against the spread. Brandon does an NFL game. So I will go ahead and say that my lock is going to be um, that Michigan State will not cover uh, their 16-and-a-half-point spread against Western. Um, they, I don't think they covered their spread first. Tulsa, which was another home game for them, uh, I think it was like an 11-point win for them. And so they are playing Western. Um, and so I'm going to put that in as my lock that MSU will not cover the 16 and a half point spread. Um, but that will then give us a chance to jump into the Lions talk. So Brandon, this is like your wheelhouse. This is your thing. (laughs) It's the best time of the year, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So week one, uh, the Lions play the Arizona Cardinals at 425 on Sunday. Uh, that game's going to be on Fox. Uh, Cardinals, they had a really big facelift over the offseason. Um, last year, they went 3-13. and 13. Uh, They had the number one overall pick. Uh, they took Kyler Murray uh, from Oklahoma. So, you know, last year they had Josh Rosen. He was also a first-round draft pick. Uh, they shipped him off to Miami. Uh, they got rid of the coach. They brought in Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, former Texas Tech coach. So, big change on offense. Um, you know, with Murray, a lot of people are questioning, you know, is Murray big enough to play in the NFL? Uh, he's he's a shorter guy. I believe he's 5'9", I think they said. Mm-hmm. Um, but that offense, while the offensive line isn't very good, uh, they, ha- they do have uh, quite a few weapons. Uh, and they... Grabbed quite a few in the draft. Uh, they grabbed Hakeem Butler. He was a big uh, wide receiver from Iowa State. He's actually on IR, so he won't be playing. Uh, but they also drafted uh, Andy Isabella, a speedy wide receiver from UMass. Uh, he had some huge numbers in college. Uh, if you get a chance, check those out. Those are kind of um, kind of shocking, some of them. Uh, along with Isabella, they took. Keyshawn Johnson, he's a wide receiver from Fresno State. Uh, he's actually played pretty well in the preseason. I think they got a little more out of him than they thought they were going to. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, what they can do with him. 
and along with the new guys, they, they've got some returns. Uh, they've got uh, Christian Kirk. Uh, he's going to be basically their probably their top wide receiver. Uh, he's also going to be returning kicks, I believe. Uh, at running back, they have David Johnson, who is a couple of years removed from being the leading running back in the NFL. I mean, it kind of goes with how bad their offensive line has been lately. So it kind of gets his numbers. You know, he's great running the ball, great catching it out of the backfield. So that should help Murray out pretty well. And they also have old reliable Larry Fitzgerald coming back for what feels like his 30th season. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I mean, with Larry, I mean, what you see is what you get. He's a big body receiver. He still has really good hands. He's still pretty productive. Um, You know, he's not going to light it up like he used to when he was younger, but you know, he's still going to be that security blanket, I think, for Murray. You know, he gets in trouble, he can he can dump it off to Fitzgerald. So, um, as for the Cardinals, I mean, that's, that's that's about it. I mean, they don't really have too much going for them. Uh, obviously, I mean, they had the first pick in the draft, so they had the worst record last year. Uh, their defense, it's kind of average. They've got some playmakers on the side there. Um, Patrick Peterson, he's still one of the best corners in the league so you know um he's probably gonna shut down at least one side of the field i mean he's still really that good uh, he's got good size good speed great instincts um as for the lions uh there's a few things for them right now um they had a few injuries in the preseason uh the big ones being middle linebacker jared davis uh, he had an ankle issue. He's got a high ankle sprain, I believe. Um, we're still not sure if he's going to play. And that's along with uh, the cornerback, uh, Melvin, and defensive lineman, Deshaun Hand. They're, they were all out, uh, out, of, out of practice today. So, you know, those are kind of questionable. Um, I think probably Melvin and Hand will be back. I'm not sure about Davis, just because I know how the high ankle sprains can linger for a while. So, you know, it'd be interesting. Uh, the other main injury was to Frank Ragnow starting center. That one would be probably the worst if he wasn't able to play, but he was able to practice at least in part today. So, um, so optimistic. Yeah. Optimistic things looking up there. Um, I I'm expecting him to play. But like I said with Davis, I, I'm not sure. Um, if he doesn't play, then Jelani Tavai, the, the rookie from Hawaii, will get the nod. But um, any any information you have or things you're looking forward to or things you want to see, what do you want to check out with the Lions game? Um, <clears throat> I was trying to look it up, but I didn't get a chance. Have the Lions won in Arizona? Like, oh, that's recently. a good question. I, I, I feel I like know the they no. had a long streak. Um, if you know, I, I didn't know if you knew or not, so I figured I'd ask. Um, well, I'm curious, and I'll you're you're more versed in the NFL than I am. That's, um, but I I kind of had some questions for you on just like your thoughts. Maybe you're going to cover this anyways, but what? it's difficult to tell because always the first game is difficult to tell. Even with the NFL and the preseason going winless in the preseason for the lions means nothing. Um, but what do you think coming in is the greatest strength or weakness for both team, both, both of the teams then? Uh, the greatest strength for the Cardinals um, you know, I mentioned all those wide receivers. They got they have a pretty deep wide receiving core. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, Murray, he's a playmaker. We only saw it in college. He was Heisman Trophy winner. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I and also like I mentioned that their weakness, I, I would say, is the offensive line. Okay. Yeah, by, by far, I would say. I mean, and they really don't have too much working for them on the offensive line. And then, I mean, for the Lions, I mean, the weakness for the Lions is kind of similar. Uh, I don't really have too much faith in the offensive line right now. I want to see kind of how they, how they gel. 
I do know, at least from watching preseason, that if you know if, if somebody on the offensive line gets hurt this year, that's that's really gonna hurt the Lions because any of the backup guys that came in really didn't impress me too much. Not good. So, anything good about the Lions? <laughs> well, I mean, same with the Cardinals. I mean, they got a they got a pretty deep receiving core. Uh, you know, it's the two guys on top. You got uh, Marvin Jones Jr. and Kenny Galladay. Uh, Jones trying to rebound from uh, an injury last year. Uh, Galladay he had a, he had a solid year last year. That was kind of his breakout. He had over a thousand yards. Uh, had a few touchdowns. And he's a, he's kind of a fun player to watch, and he was kind of surprising because he was a, a fourth round pick a couple of years ago out of Northern Illinois, so we weren't really sure what to expect with him, you know, at least his his rookie year, but you know, in the, in the years following, he's really kind of stepped up. Uh, we also added Danny Amendola in the off season. Um, he's just a consistent catcher. Uh, he's he's kind of there to be the you know the relief valve. Uh, Stafford gets in some trouble. You can kind of just dump it off to him. So, um, yeah, I'd say, you know, wide receiver core is an area of depth for the Lions, along with defensive line. Um, that'll be really interesting to see because of all the playmakers that we have on the defensive line. Uh, you know, returning, we got uh, Snacks Harrison, who's probably the, he's probably the best run defender in the league. Uh, he, like, single-handedly, Transform the Lions' run defense when when we traded for him last year. Uh, next to him, we I mean we got a Sean Robinson. Uh, he really came along last year as well uh, after the addition of Harrison. So you know it'll be nice to see those two guys working together again. Uh, we got Trey Flowers, who's a the big free agent signing. Um, hopefully, he can bring a little pass rush that the Lions have been missing, especially last year. I mean they had a hard time getting after the quarterback. And the other off-season acquisition we got um, Mike Daniels. I know we talked about the, him on a on a previous episode, mm-hmm. but yeah, he's another big playmaker. Uh, he can play probably inside and outside on our in our defensive scheme. So it'll be interesting to see where he lines up, and if we have him, Harrison, and Robinson all at the same time, um, the Cardinals are going to have a hard time running against that. Especially with that offensive line they got, yeah. Uh, and with the Cardinals, I, I mentioned Patrick Peterson before. He's actually suspended. Okay. Yeah, it was something with uh, performance enhancing drugs. Um, I'm not ex- sure exactly what it was that he was caught with, but I do know that he's suspended. I believe for you know two or four games. I can't remember exactly. Okay. Scandalous. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I, um, I was kind of adjusting getting ready for the, uh, Michigan episodes and things like that. So I didn't get to dig into, uh, the details with the, uh, with the two teams quite this week. And, uh, I know moving forward and especially with me with the NFL, it's just like, um, not being as well versed as you are, but being able to see the first game, get a feel like for what the lines have, what they're capable of. I think that, and it's just so different because, you know, preseason, everybody does it differently. You don't want injuries as much as possible. So mm-hmm. hardly anyone, hardly any of the starters are in there for all that long. But um, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's with how poorly the preseason went that's kind of like weighing on my mind or if it's just the lines in general and them not addressing the offensive line issues that has me not feeling very comfortable with this, with the season starting off. Um, to throw gas on that fire, uh, Lions main beat writer, Dave Burkett, tweeted out today that the Lions still haven't completely decided on a starting left guard. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, they have Kenny Wiggins and um, Joe Dahl are likely the two guys they're trying to decide on. That's <laughs> all warm, fuzzy feelings. Again, again, like I said, um, around draft time, 
why didn't we draft an offensive lineman? Just saying. Yeah, right, right. <clears throat> and even I knew that. Like, mm-hmm. I knew enough of that from the conversations we had and just looking at stuff. So, But, yeah. I mean, they can go out there and they can prove me wrong, and I'd be fine with that. Yeah. So we'll we'll see then. And uh, did did you want to jump into kind of thoughts and predictions and stuff like that then? Or yeah, let's roll. Okay. Um, so again, the Lions. Uh, I, some of this was covered. Lions at the Cardinals. Uh, Lions are actually two and a half point favorites. Over under is forty seven and a half. Um, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first with the score prediction? Oh, I'll go first. Okay. Um, you know, like we said before, it's the Lions went 25 years without winning in Arizona, which is ridiculous for Arizona had a, a streak for a while of being just horrible. <laughs> but the Lions, the Lions go there. Yeah, just going out the Lions going out there and just laying an egg. Yeah. Uh, I remember one of those games in particular was Anquan Bolden's rookie year. It was actually the first game of the season, and it was at the Silverdome. And <laughs> I remember Anquan Bolden going for over 200 yards against the Lions. And Bolden was something like a six-round draft pick, so it just like melted people's minds when it happened. And obviously now you look back at it and you're like, oh, Bolden was a great player in his career. But you know, coming out of college, nobody really expected that, but he completely torched the Lions in that game. I believe Jake Plummer was the quarterback. That's how long ago that was. But, you know, as for the score, I don't know. I don't... The Lions offense, I have a hard time thinking it's really changed too much. Too much. I know we got a new offensive coordinator, but... Man, they struggled so bad last year. I mean, Stafford had such a down year. I... I kind of think the score is going to be something like 17 to 10. I don't think it's going to be a super exciting game to watch. Um, I think, you know, Kyler Murray might have some plays that are that are kind of exciting. I mean, just because of the kind of player he is and his playing style. But I think the Lions are probably going to win uh, 17 to 10. That's my guess. Ooh, Okay. 17 to 10. So that is under with the cover. Um, I am not as optimistic as you are. <laughs> I, uh, when you were saying 17, I was like, oh, I do think that the Lions will score 17 points as well, but I think that Arizona will win. Uh, by beating them 27 to 17 is my Ooh. score prediction. <laughs> um, uh, so that's under and obviously the lines would not cover. I, I will say this and, and I don't know I'm I'm thinking of the offensive lines and things like that. I get that that the defense might make it a low scoring game. In my mind, it of course it's tough because it's the first game. I feel like if, the Lions win that they would win by the game being essentially kind of a shootout mm-hmm. uh, and so that if they win it'll, they probably will hit the over but yeah my I, my thought is that it's going to be something like 27 to 17 Arizona beating Detroit I'm perfectly okay if they prove me wrong mm-hmm. but yeah I, I'm definitely in the show me don't tell me stage so yeah, I mean, I don't really know what to expect. And, you know, the Lions are kind of probably in the same boat with, you know, all the changes to the Cardinals and Kyler Murray it being his first game, uh, Cliff Kingsbury being his first game as a coach. So don't really know what to expect on Sunday. Yep, time will tell. Time will tell. Uh, did you want to share your lo- uh, game lock then, the NFL game lock? You- uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, did you write it down? Yeah, I, okay. I, I yeah, I have a lock of the Cowboys uh, beating the Giants by over seven points. Yeah, that that one seems like a pretty solid one. I I still think it's going to be the Giants and the Dolphins fighting for the number one overall pick next year. 
that'll, that'll be interesting to watch. So Yeah, neither one of those teams I have really faith in. Um, the Giants have some better players than the Dolphins. The Dolphins really don't have too many weapons. And, you know, they're really thin at quarterback. Uh, I mean, the Giants have Saquon Barkley, and that's that's probably about it. I mean, they, they have Golden Tate. He's pretty good, but, you know, he's suspended for four games. Yeah. So, um, and you got Eli Manning. They keep trotting him out there, and he's just been hot garbage the last couple of years. So, garbage. Daniel, Daniel Jones, I, I don't know what to think of him. Uh, he didn't really impress me too much in college, so yeah. I don't know. They say he's got all the tools to win, but I just and he's a really smart kid, but I don't know. We'll have to see. He's gonna have to get some help around him in the next couple of years. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So uh and uh you got a question uh of the week for Lions then? Uh yeah, my question of the week is um do you guys think uh, that Kyler Murray throws over or under one touchdown. What's uh, what's your prediction? Um, well, since I have him scoring ten points, I think that's going to be um, a passing touchdown for Murray. So uh, I'll, I'll I'll go with just one. <laughs> I think he's going to be at one. I don't see him throwing over one. So essentially, going with the even. Yeah. Um, I. Since I have them scoring more, I have it with the over. So that is our main content for the sports episode then this week. We've got two more things to close out then. Uh, ready for that? Oh, yeah. All right. So then the next part is actually, did did you get a garbage play for this week? Yep, sure did. Okay. Uh, I totally forgot to double check on that, but we'll go ahead and jump into it. Garbage day! Garbage play of the week presented to you by the one, the only, Brandon. What do you have? Um, Mine this week comes from the world of college football. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can figure out what it is. Uh, it was a huge upset. And that's uh, Tennessee losing to Georgia State, thirty-eight to thirty. Yep. People are comparing after, it. Oh, go ahead. I'm. Oh, I was say after leading at the half, uh, seventeen uh, to fourteen. Uh, yeah, they end up losing thirty-eight to thirty. And man, just all the just you know, there's pretty good numbers here from. Georgia State and just it's SEC so they're obviously going to be overhyped and every year they're like oh this is a year that Tennessee comes back <laughs> and then you get idiots like Feinbaum talking about how great they're going to be and then you know after that game he actually came out and was like this is rock bottom um, and all my years of watching Tennessee football this is the worst ever and there's nowhere to go but up now like, God. <laughs> yeah okay just wait yeah, I mean, you guys could lose to a Division One AA school. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, people are comparing it to uh, the App State game, and I'm just like, guys, don't, because that's that's still the worst. So, Oh, for sure, that'll always be the worst. Please don't talk about it. <laughs> um, okay, well, then we're going to finish off with the two-minute drill um, and bounce out of here. Uh, so... Uh, Brandon, you've got some stuff to share. Yeah, yes, I do. Okay, all right, and we'll go ahead and go away. So here we go. Uh, I'm gonna be doing a lot of score updates and everything, things to take note of for the Big Ten. Uh, two big wins for the Big Ten as Penn State and Maryland both put up 79 points against their opponents this past weekend. Brandon. Uh, U.S. women's soccer player Carly Lloyd said that she was offered a job as a kicker from one NFL team. She didn't mention which team, but it's kind of an interesting thing. Caleb? Oh, that is interesting. Uh, college game day this week is going to be going to an interesting top 10 matchup where LSU and Texas... Um, LSU is going to Texas. Or wait, actually, it might be a neutral site. Sorry. At 7.30 p.m. Brandon. 
Uh, Red Wing uh, Nicholas Cronwall, he decided to retire from the, the NHL this year, or today, I guess, um, after 15 years as a Red Wing. Caleb. All right. Well, uh, talking about SEC losses, uh, just to make their day a little bit brighter, they struggled against some lesser opponents and some of them other ones resulting in losses as uh, Memphis beat Ole Miss, North Carolina beat South Carolina, uh, of course the Georgia State-Tennessee game, and Wyoming beat Missouri. Brandon. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers running back Melvin Gordon said he is willing to sit out week one without a new contract. Uh, the Chargers are now open to trading Gordon, and there's been discussion lately. Caleb? All right. Um, oh, here it is. Sorry, I had it written down here. Uh, Jets hire Heinz Ward as an offensive assistant. I know that that's not huge uh, news, but Heinz Ward is one of those people that I actually followed and was kind of interested to see that he was coaching. Brandon, do you have anything else? Uh, yeah, Chris Jericho becomes the inner uh, the uh, sorry the inaugural AEW World Heavyweight Champion at the All Out Pay Per View this past weekend. Caleb, uh, and that wraps up the two minute drill. So uh, we thank you guys for hanging out with us. Yeah, we're pushing hour, hour and five minutes uh, for these sports episodes. So, yeah, we're getting into the thick of it as both the Lions and Michigan are going to be playing. It's going to be a lot of fun now since the NFL and college football is kicking off. We thank you guys for tuning in. As always, feel free to share your thoughts with us. Uh, Brandon, anything before we head out? No, I think I'm good. Okay. All right. Thanks again, everybody. Don't forget uh, episodes first release on Anchor if you're looking to catch them right away. Other than that, they will be on the other platforms later on in the week. So until next time, go blue. Go blue.